and stuff. And but I was thinking about uh, you know all the different purposes for light. You know, we think of uh, what does light use for. And I I think you know especially as I, as I'm getting older now, I use light a lot more than I used to. Um, I don't know why that is, but you, you kind of need a little more light. It seems like. So uh, I've got quite an assortment of flashlights and different things that uh, you know magnifying glasses with a light on it and everything. So it's a it's a new uh, new experience. But anyway, so so light is used for many things, and I think first is uh, communication. And you know, imagine driving around Atlantic or driving around you know a big city like you know Omaha or something like that uh, with no traffic lights. Uh, it'd be disastrous, wouldn't it? You know, we depend on those lights. We depend on light to tell us things. You know, um, still trying to figure out all the, you know, they, they seem like they're kind of changing things with the, was the yellow um, churn signal, churn arrow. And now they're doing a yellow flashing, you know, and so you've got to be thinking, okay, now does this mean stop, go, slow down, you know, pedal to the metal, you know. But it's, you know, it's not so bad, I guess. We're getting there. Um, as long as everybody, you know, plays by the same rules. Uh, you know, I think of military signaling. I, I like to watch the old uh, World War II, uh, you know, reenactments and that sort of thing. And, and, you know, it shows them signaling to from one boat to another with the flashing, flashing these lights. And, and I probably Morse code or something. But, you know, they, they signal each other. And, uh, you know, can you imagine uh, landing an airplane at night without landing lights? You know, it'd be pretty hard to hit the right field, wouldn't it? So I, th I think, uh, you know, we see that communication through, through lights is, is pretty important. We also know that, uh, that lights are used to warn us. Uh, and, I th and I think of, you know, there's, there's lots of people out there that are driving cars around that have a little extra red light on their dash, maybe one or two, that are on all the time. Um, I've been there. I had, had that uh, in the past. And that's... That's an indication there might be something wrong, you know, and uh, it's one of those things that it's a, it communicates to you. It, it warns you. It says there's something wrong. Better take care of it. And you think of uh, a lighthouse, you know, if uh, we don't do a lot of sailing and, and uh, boating around here, but, you know, along the coast and things, you know, you see these these lighthouses uh, along these uh, along the coast and especially around, you know, rocky areas and that sort of thing, and you realize that, you know, a lighthouse is pretty important because it tells the boat, don't come over here because there's rocks here. Don't come, don't drive up to, to this light because there's danger here. But it, it tells you where you are. It tells you there's land right here, so don't, you know, try to drive your boat on the land over here. And we also think of uh, light is, is used to measure. And, you know, uh, light is used to measure distance. And, um, you know, anymore you can get laser tape measure and laser uh, laser level and and they even measure distance to other planets and everything using uh, uh, the speed of light we uh, we see that light is is used to to reveal or, or hi highlight defects and if you ever did any body work or any drywall on your house or anything like that you if you shine the light at a little bit of an angle you can really see when you have defects. You can see low spots and high spots and that sort of thing. So light for that is very, very important. Now, anymore these days, it light is used for power. Um, and it's, you know, we have these solar panels. They have entire fields that are just full of solar panels to generate electricity. We also know that it's used 
uh, for laser, for, for cutting. It can even light a fire. When I was a little kid, I used to take a magnifying glass and, and, and hold it up, and you, could, you can burn a leaf or uh, you know, an ant or whatever happens to wander by. But uh, <laughs> I did that a few times. Um, y- you can, uh, it's used to see better in the darkness. I guess it's probably the most important thing, most common thing that we use light for. Uh, you know, imagine a car without headlights. Or imagine being in your house without, without lights on in the house. We all use flashlights for different things, and I'm just glad that, you know, surgeons have this, have this light over the surgery table so they can see what's going on, because I'd hate to have them be working in the dark. So we think of physical light, but then there's also spiritual light. I'd like to look at John chapter 1, uh, starting with verse 1. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and apart from him nothing came into being that has come into being. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There came a man sent from God, whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light, so that all might believe through him. He was not the light. In other words, John was not the light. But he came to testify about the light, or he came to testify about the Lord Jesus. There was the true light, which coming into the world enlightens every man. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and those who were his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, or in other other words, not of family bloodline, didn't have to be a Jew, nor of the will of the flesh, uh, in other words, you don't, you don't have to work for salvation, nor of the will of man. Um, it, it can't be bestowed or uh, promoted, but by God. He, he gave us this right to become his children. And I'm thankful for that this morning, that, that he did that for us. We realize that uh, the Lord Jesus, in him there is light. And he is, he is our light. You know, if, if you really stop and think about it, you know, we are all just a reflection, aren't we? If this room was completely dark, you wouldn't be able to see me and I wouldn't be able to see you. That's kind of interesting, isn't it? The only reason why we can see each other today is because we're getting some light from the outside here. We're getting some light from up here. But if we didn't have any of these lights, we wouldn't even see each other here. We'd be just as blind as, as somebody who was born blind. So light is very important. And, and when you think of it in the spiritual realm, the Lord Jesus is our light. And so he's super important. Yet some people uh, you know, I've seen uh, have ignored that. I'd like to turn to John uh, chapter 8. Let's just start in verse 12. It says, um, Then Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. You know, we see that, that Jesus himself is the light. If we skip down to verse 21, he says, Then he said to them again, and he's, he's uh, talking to the Pharisees, and he says, I go away, and you will seek me, and you will die in your sin. Wow, that's, that's pretty uh, severe, isn't it? You will die in your sin. Where I am going, you cannot come. So the Jews were saying, Surely he will not kill himself, will he? Since he says, Where I am going, you cannot come. And he was saying to them, 
You are from below. I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. Therefore, I said to you, you will die in your sins. For unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. Boy, he makes it pretty clear there, doesn't he? We need him as, as the light of our life, don't we? We can't survive without Jesus. We, we, we have to have him. Without his light, we're lost. We realize that uh, God's word says that uh, you know, hell will be dark. There's uh, Matthew chapter 8, verse 12, and, and Jude chapter 1, verse 13. talks about how dark hell will be. And that darkness is reserved forever. So we know it's an eternal darkness that people will be suffering in hell. You know, that's, that doesn't sound like a fun place to be. You know, it sounds pretty, pretty bad. I'd hate to end up in, in hell. That'd be a, a, a bad place to be. John 3, John chapter 3, starting with verse 16, says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. That was his purpose, was to come to this earth and to provide salvation for mankind. He didn't, he didn't want to judge people. He, didn't want to, he doesn't want people to end up in hell. He wants everyone to accept the free gift of salvation through faith in him. He who believes in him is not judged. He who does not believe has been judged already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son. This is the judgment, that light has come into the world. In other words, the Lord Jesus has come into the world, and men loved the darkness rather than the light, for their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light and does not come to the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But he who practices the truth comes to the light so that his deeds may be manifested as having been wrought in God. I like that, the fact that we, we come to that light, and that light exposes anything in our life. If, if you have something in your life that's not right, and you get before the Lord, and you say, you know, Lord, show me what's going on. Show me, show me what I need. Show me what I need to do. He will make it abundantly clear to you, you know. And we have his word, and, and all we have to do is read his word, and, and we can see what the right way to go is, what, what direction we should be going, what we should be doing in our life. But if we ignore his word then we're in darkness. We're, we don't know what to do. We, we make up our own rules. We make up our own uh, morals. And they don't satisfy God's uh, requirements. John chapter 9, uh, starting verse 1 says, and, he, and as he passed by, he saw a blind man from birth, and his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he would be born blind? And Jesus answered, It was neither that this man sinned nor his parents, but it was so that the works of God might be displayed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me as long as it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. We see him say that over and over again. He is the light of the world. And it makes us realize that, you know, there is darkness in this world, in this, in this society, in this, in this country. Just look at the news. You know, there's darkness here. And you know why? Because so many people have turned away from the Lord Jesus. You know, Jesus is light. And if you turn away from him, you're in darkness. And people, a lot of people just can't understand that, can't see that. But 
it's so true. And I think every one of us, um, you know, have, have looked at that and have realized in our hearts that, you know, we need that light. It's the only thing that keeps us on course. While I'm in the, while I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. And when he had said this, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle and applied the clay to the man's eyes and said to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated sent. So he went away and washed and came back seen. You know, when, when Jesus tells you to do something, good things happen. And I love that. You know, this guy was blind from birth. And then the Lord Jesus gave him sight. What an experience that would have been, wouldn't it? Well, of course, you know, the, the Pharisees, I'll, and I'm going to skip down here a little ways, the Pharisees got involved and, uh, you know, they didn't, didn't like that, that Jesus had the, the ability to make somebody see. And, and then they tried to, to make it seem like, well, maybe this, maybe this guy that was, that was blind now sees. Maybe this isn't the same guy. Maybe this is a lookalike. Maybe this is somebody else. And so they were trying to, any way they could, discredit this miracle. And, they, you know, they went on and, and said, oh, and also, you know, Jesus, you shouldn't have done this on the Sabbath because that's the wrong thing to do. And, you know, and... Uh, it was pathetic. When that, it just it reminds you of politics, you know. It, there's people just out there just trying to make things up, just to just to stir things up and get things to go their own way, and and they're wrong. And so, you know, they they called the the parents of this of this young man and, and said, you know, is this really your son? And they said yes. And, and but you know, uh, ask him yourself. You know, who did this? Who 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 cured him and everything? And Anyway, they ended up putting him out of the synagogue, and uh, um, it was, it was a, a trying time. And since the beginning of time, it has never been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a person born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered him, you were born entirely in sins. Are you teaching us? And Jesus heard, this is verse 35, uh, Jesus heard that they had, had put the man out of the synagogue, and finding him, he said, do you believe in the Son of Man? In verse 36, he, he answered, Well, who is he, Lord, that I may believe in him? And Jesus said to him, You have both seen him, and he is the one who is talking with you. And he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. You know, if anybody ever had a reason to believe in somebody, that was it. Wasn't it? I mean, you know, this guy was, was blind. And now we can see. And we see the, the he had physical blindness. But we also know that he had spiritual blindness. He was lost. He needed to know the Savior. He needed to know the, the spiritual side of this whole thing. He understood the, the being blind with the eyesight. But now he understood there's something special about this Jesus. Jesus is, is, is sinless. Jesus is this, is this person who can guide me, who can do the right thing for me. He can... He can make a difference in my life. And Jesus said, verse 39, And Jesus said, For judgment I came into this world, so that those who do not see may see, and that those who see may become blind. Those of the Pharisees who were with him heard these things and said to him, We are not blind too, are we? And Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would have no sin. But since you say, We see, your sin remains. And we just see the arrogance of the Pharisees there. We see, you know, there's, there's people that just say, you know what, I'm good enough to get to heaven. I am, I am so perfect that I don't need anybody else. I don't need Jesus and that. 
I, I can do it all on my own. And we see the, the, the error in that, in that statement. We realize that those, person, those people are confused. Those people are lost. They, they will not get to heaven that way. They, there's no way that they could ever earn their way to heaven. I love the fact that the Lord Jesus, you know, provided the gospel for us. He, he provided his word to us. Did Jesus want to condemn anybody? No. Did he, did he want people to end up in hell? No. He provided a way for them to see. But you know what? Jesus forces us to choose. Our, our choice um, yields or produces our judgment, our verdict. It's our choice. He doesn't force anybody to accept him as Savior. And I, I keep seeing that over and over in my life. I, I see that there's people I know and people that I have had very high regard for and thought that they were, you know, pretty decent people. I really had, I, I thought that they were, that they were believers. And, and then I, c- I come to find out that they're not. And it's, you know, it's like a arrow through your heart. You know, you just realize that this person who, who was so close, I mean, there in Hebrews chapter 6 where it talks about, you know, these, these people are so close. They, they, have, they have felt God in their life. They, they have seen his miracles. They've, they've experienced so much about him, but they've never accepted Lord Jesus as their Savior apparently because they turn they, and they turn against him. And how can anybody do that? I don't understand because <laughs> Jesus is light. There's, there's darkness. There's only darkness if you don't have him. There's only eternal darkness, only uh, eternity in hell. John chapter 12, verse 35 says, So Jesus said to them, For a little while longer the light is among you. Walk while you have the light, so that darkness will not overtake you. He who walks in darkness does not know where he goes. You know, it's, you're just wandering around. It's like if this room was completely dark. You wouldn't be able to see anything. You start wandering around and you run into a pew and you fall off the stage. And, you know, it, you're lost. While you have the light, believe in the light so that you may become sons of light. Verse 46, it says, I have come as a light into the world that everyone who believes in me may not remain in darkness. You know, I think if, if you were to take a poll of, of the average person walking the street in any town and y- you'd ask them, do you feel like you, you know what you're doing? Do you know where you're going? You know, do you have life under control? I bet if they were being honest with you, most people would say, you know what? No. Most people, I think, would, would, would probably fess up and say, you know what? I'm lost. I'm not sure what I'm doing. I'm just kind of surviving from day to day. And I, I, you see that. I see that all the time at, with people I work with. They're lost. And it's not because they haven't heard. It's because they've rejected. And it's... What a, what a terrible thing to have the light and then turn away from it. But, but God's word says that that's what people do. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 says this, verse, starting with verse 1. It says, Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we receive mercy, we do not lose heart, but we have renounced the things hidden because of shame, not walking in craftiness or adulterating the word of God, but by the manifestation of truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God and even if our gospel is veiled it is veiled to those who are perishing in whose case the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving so that they might not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is the image of God 
For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus as Lord, and ourselves as your bondservants for Jesus, for Jesus' sake. For God who said, light shall shine out of darkness, is the one who has shown in our hearts to give the light of, of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. You know, we can see the glory of God in the face of Christ. We can see in, in our relationship with the Lord Jesus. That's, that's how we see God. We do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus is Lord. That was verse 5. Now, I was, I was thinking about that. You know, like I said earlier, you know, we are, we are reflectors. And the only reason we see each other is because of the delight reflecting, right? And the only people that are going to see the Lord Jesus in the spiritual realm, they're going to look at us. They're going to they're see something in us. And if we don't reflect properly the light of the Lord Jesus, then they're not going to see the light, right? They're going to they're see something that, that says, you know what? That's not really light. I don't really care for that. That's not really the kind of, kind of light I'm looking for. That's, that's, you know, why it's so critical for us to, to be accurate, to be, to be, um, to have a good witness, you know, to be obedient to God's word. So that, because people are watching all the time, right? People are always, always looking at us, always, always saying, okay, well that guy, you know, he says he's a Christian. Let's see what he does. Let's see how he acts. And if they see a phoniness, they see, if they see a, a, a lie in our life, do you think they're going to want to be just like us? No, probably not. They're going to say, you know what? That person's phony. I don't want to have anything to do with them. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 says, Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love, just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. But immorality or any impurity or greed must not even be named among you as is proper among the saints. And there must be no filthiness and silly talk or coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know with certainty, that no immoral or impure person or covetous man who is an idolater has an inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. For you were formerly darkness, but now you are light. In the Lord, walk as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth. That should be our, what we're known as, as, as Christians. This is, this is what the, the world should, should see in us. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. That's, that's tough, isn't it? You know, we all, we all stumble, we all sin, but the whole, the whole idea here is to get back right with God and, and do what he says to do. You know, follow the light. You know, even if, if Satan tries to turn the lights off on you once in a while, flip them right back on again. <laughs> you know, follow what God's word says, and, and uh, you'll be such a good uh, a testimony to others. But all things become visible when they are exposed by light. That's verse 13. For everything that becomes visible is light. Awake, sleeper, arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time, because the days are evil. And I, I don't know about you, but I, I'm, and I've, and I've heard this before in, in other speakers when I was growing up and everything. 
and everybody that I've listened to has said, you know, we're, we're, we're closer to that time when Jesus is coming back. And like I said, I don't know about you guys, but boy, it sure seems like he could come back any moment, doesn't it? Um, I see this, this, whole, this whole world um, you know, and, and the whole homosexuality thing, and, and it, it just reminds you of the, of the whole uh, Sodom and Gomorrah. And, you know, just like what's going to be before Jesus comes back. And so uh, I'm, I'm, I'm encouraging everyone this morning, hang on, you know. Jesus is coming back, you know. Acts chapter 26. Realize that, you know, Paul was a very, uh, a very good example, a very good witness to people. He definitely um, went out of his way to tell people about the Lord. And uh, what a testimony and witness uh, we have an example uh, of his life, you know, what we should be like. So we know that Paul, uh, you know, went on his missionary journeys and stuff, and, and, you know, he told everybody he could about the Lord Jesus. Well, people didn't, some people didn't like that, especially the Pharisees. And, and so they, the Jews, I uh, mean, the Jews were trying to um, arrest him and, and cause troubles for him, and, and they finally did. They finally arrested him, and, and he wasn't running from them by any means. You know, he, he actually went to Jerusalem. They didn't, they didn't drag him there. He went there. And so... You think of you think of Paul, and you think of his life, and you, you think, "Wow, this guy, he was really on, on fire for the Lord. He really wanted people to know about the Lord." And so we we read in, in chapter twenty six, starting with verse one, it says, "Agrippa said to, to Paul, and Agrippa he was the the Jewish king, uh, and this is at Paul's trial. Uh, there was also, um, uh, I believe it was Festus there, who was a governor. Uh, he was the governor after." Uh, Felix, I believe. And so anyway, uh, Agrippa, the, the, the Jewish king, said to, to Paul, uh, you are permitted to speak for yourself. Then Paul stretched out his hand and proceeded to make his defense. In verse 2, it says, In regard to all things which I am accused of by the Jews, I consider myself fortunate, King Agrippa, that I am about to make my defense before you today, especially because you are an expert in all customs and questions among the Jews. You know, he was, the, he was a Jewish king, so obviously he, he knew about being Jewish. Therefore, I beg you to listen to me patiently. So then all Jews know my, uh, my manner of life from my youth up, which from the beginning was spent among my own nation and at, and at Jerusalem. Since they have known about me for a long time, if they are willing to testify that I lived as a Pharisee according to the strictest sect of our religion, and now I am standing trial for the hope of the promise made to God by our fathers, the promise to which our 12 tribes hope to attain as they earnestly serve God day and night. Or night and day. And for this hope, O king, I am being accused by the Jews. Why is it considered incredible among you if God does raise the dead? So then I thought to myself that I had to do many things hostile to the name of Jesus of Nazareth. So we realize that, that Paul was confused. Paul, Paul was a, a, a Jew of the Jews, right? A Pharisee of the Pharisees. He, he was um, maybe self-righteous, you know? He, but he was trying to do the right thing, I believe. I think he was trying to follow God. He was trying to be uh, above and beyond the average, the average Jew. He was, he was trying to be extra godly. And so he was out there 
trying to, to do God's work. So then, this is verse 9, So then I thought to myself that I had to do many things hostile to the name of Jesus the Nazareth. And this is just what I did in Jerusalem. Not only did I lock up many of the saints in prisons, having received authority from the chief priests, but also when they were being put to death, I cast my vote against them. And as I punished them often in the synagogues, I tried to force them to blaspheme. And being furiously enraged at them, I kept pursuing them even to foreign cities. You know, he was, he was showing that he was, he was going to prove how spiritual he was and how godly he was. He was going he was, he was to do, do harm to these Christians. And verse 12 says, While I was so engaged, as I was journeying to Damascus with authority and commission of the chief priests, at midday, O king, I saw on the way a light from heaven brighter than the sun. Well, that's a bright light. Shining all around me, and those who were journeying with me. And when we had fallen to the ground, I heard a voice saying to me in the Hebrew dialect, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you against to kick against the goads. And the goads were these, these sharpened sticks that were used for prodding the, the cattle. It's hard for you to kick against the goads. And I said, Who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But get up and stand on your feet. For this purpose I have appeared to you to appoint you a minister and a witness, not only to the things which you have seen, but also to the things in which will appear to you, rescuing you from the Jewish people and from the Gentiles to whom I am sending you, to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light. This isn't the physical darkness and physical light, right? This is the spiritual darkness and spiritual light. To open their eyes so that they may turn from their spiritual darkness to spiritual light, basically is what it's saying, and from the dominion of Satan to God. And we realize that Satan is, you can equate that to darkness. And light, we can equate to God. If you want to follow God, you need to follow light, you know? And we see many people are following darkness, and they're basically following Satan. That they may re- So, to turn from darkness to light and from the dominion of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among those who have been sanctified by faith in me. You know, so we realize that, you know, Paul sees the light. It, he, it, it dawns on him, who is, who is God? Who is, who is Jesus? And, and Jesus, you know, I mean, he physically he had to blind him, you know, and, and Paul was blind for three days. But that would get your attention, wouldn't it? You know, and that's sometimes... That's how God has to treat us. You know, sometimes God has to get our attention. We are so busy living our lives, you know, in in our own way, in our own righteousness sometimes, you know, that sometimes he has to wake us up and say, hey, wait a minute, you're going the wrong way. You're on the wrong path. You know why? Because you're in darkness, you know. Turn the light on. Realize that this is what I want you to do. What a, what a difference in Paul's life. It's a 180-degree change. So King Agrippa, I did not prove disobedient to the heavenly vision, but kept declaring both to those in Dam- of Damascus first and also t- at Jerusalem, and then throughout the region of Judea and even to the Gentiles, that they should repent and turn to God, performing deeds appropriate to repentance. For this reason, some Jews seized, seized me in the temple and tried to put me to death. So having obtained help from God, I stand uh, to this day testifying both to small and great 
stating nothing but what the prophets and Moses said was going to take place, that the Christ was to suffer, and that by reason of his resurrection from the dead, he would be the first to proclaim light, both to the Jewish people and to the Gentiles. You know, that's what Jesus did, didn't he? He proclaimed light to us. And we just see that so many times in God's word, how, how light is, is shown as, as, a, as a, not, not only a, a, uh, as Jesus being the source of it, but as a character of Jesus. It's light. It's no, there's no darkness in Jesus. You know, Jesus is absolutely the truth. And, and he is, he's the only way to heaven. He's the only way. He is, he is our whole life, you know. And so if anybody wants, wants to know how to get to heaven, if anybody wants to know what the truth is, anybody wants to know, you know, that their sins can be forgiven, it's only through faith in Jesus. I love that, what he says, though, that he would be the first to proclaim light both to the Jewish people and to the Gentile. And while Paul was saying this in his defense, Festus, remember, who is the governor, and I think he might have been a Roman governor, I believe, um, who is, he's the one that replaced Felix, uh, said in a loud voice, Paul, you're out of your mind. You're nuts. You're crazy, you know? So what was, so what's, what's he think? What's, what does uh, Festus say? You know, you're out of your mind. Your great learning is driving you mad. But Paul, you know, I, I can just see Paul, you know, he just, he just sitting there totally calm, saying, I'm not out of, out of my mind, most excellent Festus. But I utter words of sober truth, you know. Paul wasn't trying to cause trouble. He was trying to help people find the light, to help people end up in heaven, to help people have their sins forgiven. That's what Paul was about. That's what he was trying to show. For the king knows about, well, let's see. I, I, I utter words of sober truth. Verse 26, for the king knows about these, these matters, and I speak to him also with confidence. So, he's, so, so Paul's turning from Festus and looking at, the, at King Agrippa and saying, for the king, for you, know about these matters. You know, being a Jew, Agrippa knew these things. And I speak to him also with confidence, since I am persuaded that none of these things escape his notice. For this has not been done in a corner. In other words, this has not been done uh, in secret, underhandedly, you know, under the table. Everything that Paul has preached, he's preached out in the open so that anybody could, could see and, and hear. King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know that you do. You know, being a Jew, I know that you do. Agrippa replied to Paul, In a short time, you will persuade me to become a Christian. He had made a point, didn't he? You know, it had sunk in in Agrippa's mind. You know, hey, this guy's not so bad. This guy's, this guy's telling the truth. You know, I, I, I kind of understand what he's all about. This, this Jesus that he's talking about, you know, I think there's some truth there. In a short time, you will persuade me to become a Christian. And Paul said, I would wish to God that whether in a short or a long time, not only you, but also all who hear me this day, might become such as I, except for these chains. You know, Paul was, Paul looked to be in trouble, but Paul said, you know what? I've got the light. I've got the truth in me. That's all I care about. I don't care that I'm standing in front of these important people and these, these people who are trying to hurt me and trying to, 
to convict me and, and, and cause trouble for me. Matter of fact, Paul's thinking, you know what? I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to be able to testify to you. You know, what a, what a beautiful thing in, that, that Paul is able to do there. He's saying, I, I wish that you would know the, have the light in you, that you would know the truth just as I know it. Only I, I wish for you total freedom. I'm in these chains, these physical chains, but, but I have the light. Have each one of you seen the light? I hope so. You know, I hope each one of you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior. Let's close in, close in prayer. Dear God, we just thank you so much for this, this time that we had together this morning. Thank you for showing us the light. Thank you that it's, it's nothing that we've done. There's, there's no way that we could ever earn our salvation. There's no way that we could ever be good enough to have our sins forgiven. I'm just so thankful, Lord Jesus, that you gave us yourself, that you gave us the light, that you showed who you were. You showed what you came to this world to do, to provide a life for, for people, to provide forgiveness of sin. You come as a, as a light to this world, a world in darkness, a world that desperately needs you. I'm just so thankful this morning that we can look at you and we realize that you are the light. You are our only hope. You are the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to you but through, no one comes to God but, but through you. And we're just so thankful this morning that we can just be reading your word this morning and, and taking it in and, and digesting it and, and having it affect our lives. Help us to, to, to be a light for this world. Help us to reflect the light that's in us from you to this world. This world needs light. This world has got a lot of bad things going on. Help us to point this world to you. And just give you thanks for this time together. And we ask for your blessing on each one that's here this morning. And if there's anybody here that doesn't know the Lord Jesus as their Savior, I just pray that this morning they would accept that free gift of salvation through faith in Jesus. Give you thanks for this time together in Jesus' name. Amen.